What's up, everybody? Luke Braun, Matt Derry, Crossover Thursday, Vikings-Lions, brought to you by Prize Picks. Hope you enjoy. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to both the Locked On Vikings and Locked On Lions podcasts, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Luke Braun. I'm with Locked On Vikings here with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, ready to talk about a week three matchup between the top two teams in the NFC North, I believe, if you go by tiebreakers. <laughs> Vikings and Lions, it's our division, baby. That's right, Luke, and uh, always great to see you, my friend, and what a game this should be. This should be a lot of fun. People in Detroit are excited for this road game for the Lions this year. And can they go into Minnesota and do something they almost did last year? And let's get a win. Right. Well, they got they split the series last year. They did. But that game in Minnesota, I think, stung a little bit. That was the game where Dan Campbell cried after the game because uh, Justin Tucker had beaten them the week before with a 60-yard field goal or you know, oh, a five-yard right. field goal, a 66-yard field goal. And then Greg Joseph the next week, and, and Campbell was just, he was so hurt, and he wanted his players to enjoy that that first win, and it didn't come, but uh, they ended up beating the Vikings, like you said, later on in the season at home. They did get their first win against the Vikings, famously, and that was basically the straw that, you guys basically killed Mike Zimmer. Like, that was the straw that broke the Campbell's back. He was already so? on, like, the hottest of hot seats, and they would have had to make the playoffs to do it. Um, but after losing on Sunday night to Cooper Rush, the next kind of big watershed moment in, in the building was that Lions game. And coming off of that, it was basically that was when it was kind of set in stone. Like, all right, you guys have to make a comeback and make the playoffs or else we're cleaning house. And they kind of knew that Zimmer fell apart after that, like as a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously the Lions are sort of a year ahead of the Vikings in terms of the, the new regime type of thing. But yeah, this is no rebuild for Minnesota, right? they're calling it a competitive rebuild, like a, a rebuild on the fly type thing. Um, I've been calling it, I think a better word is a transition year because you're not really expecting them to just like pop in and be 11 and six, you know, like they're getting some growing pains out. Like you saw it on Monday night, a lot of miscommunications. They're all learning a new scheme. There's some holes on the roster that haven't quite been filled. They're sort of halfway committed to Kirk cousins, but not really, you know, they're sort of, in a transitional period before they get to what I think their real true long-term plan is. And they're still just sort of doing stuff on the fly, but let's talk a little bit about like the matchup itself, because what I want to know about the lions, and this is what everybody's talking about in Minnesota too, is this offense. I mean, you're putting up like 35 a game. Is this for real, especially the rushing offense? We'll get into matchups and stuff, but like, is this really this high flying? We're going to score 30 a game kind of unit. Well, actually, if you if you really think about it, Luke, they don't have Jamison Williams yet, and that was going to be their home run threat, uh, second first-round pick, who's probably not going to be ready until November uh, due to uh, coming back from a torn ACL at Alabama in the, right. in the national championship game. So they've been very good so far. Amon Ross St. Brown is, is, is continuing with that unbelievable pace that he had the last eight games of last year, uh, continues to just uh, make catch after catch. He's wide open, it seems like, every play. Jared Goff has, has, has had time to throw and has looked good the first two weeks. And DeAndre Swift is starting to come on. Then you throw in Hawkinson and Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark. Offensive line has a lot of depth. They missed three starters last week, yet they still won the line of scrimmage from Washington. So 
Uh, yeah, it's exciting. It'll be interesting to see how they do uh, against the Minnesota defense, which obviously in, in week one looked pretty good. And uh, last uh, the other night couldn't stop Jalen Hurts, but neither could the Lions in week one. Yeah, and on Monday night, I mean, they fell apart defensively. There were busts and miscommunications, and they weren't really playing zone. They play, they weren't playing zone match, which is kind of what we were sold, which is what you would expect from like somebody off the Fangio tree. They were playing like old school landmark zones, like what you would do, you know, when you're ahead two scores in the fourth quarter, but they played it the whole game and it just got ripped apart. But there were also just like a ton of mistakes. Um, but really, what the Vikings are right now, this is the key to this game. The Vikings are arguably have the worst run defense in the league and the lions arguably have the best run offense in the league. Do, do you think like, do you agree with that with the lions? Like, is this the best rushing offense in the league? Well, that was what I was going to ask you. I mean, I, I always thought when, when you got a guy like Eric Hendricks on your team, uh, that the, the Vikings defense would be better. I don't know if he's regressed if the injury, if he's still not back hundred percent. No, he's you tell me, it's not his fault. Yeah. But he's so good that I would never think, that I would see all these chunk plays against the Vikings uh, in the ground game. And obviously again, Jalen hurts last week was running wild and ran wild against the lions the week before. So maybe it's a hurts thing, but no lions offensive line um, loves to run block. They've got a nice little dynamic duo here of Swift and, and Jamal Williams play calling has been good. They had a uh, sort of a, a counter play, a couple of counter plays in week one came back with it in week two where they're pulling guards. Uh, they got Amon Ross St. Brown, um, uh, coming in motion, quick jet sweep to him. He goes for 68 uh, on the ground the other day. So uh, there, there's there's some creativity along with the fact that they've established the run and, and they like it. What's been the Vikings' problem against the run uh, for the first two games? So some of it is just a concession where they, I think they lead the league by like a lot in light boxes. Um, they just aren't put it. They just keep everybody up on the roof and they say, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be able to throw deep on us and we'll let you run if that's what you want to do. But no chunk plays, no explosives fell apart against Philadelphia because they busted coverages. You can't do that, right? No plan works if your players screw up that much. Um, but, and the players themselves are like, yeah, we screwed everything up. <laughs> like it was just a catastrophe of a game. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is just light boxes. You just, the, the, you could bring out two tight ends and you'll still get a six man box. Um, then you can just run on that all day if you want. And the Vikings are just kind of okay with that because nobody wins the game four, four yards at a time, you know? So th that's probably it. But it's like that combined with Eric Kendricks is a phenomenal linebacker, but he's not a people mover. They kind of got linemen on him, locked him down, and you can blocking sled him. He's a smaller linebacker. He's a finesse kind of guy. Um, some of that happened. They rotated in a lot of backup defensive line. They have an awesome front four. Love Harrison Phillips, love Dalvin Tomlinson, Darius Smith, Daniel Hunter. That's awesome. And then they rotated in the backups like way too much. Like I think they were trying to keep people too fresh or they were worried about it being a night game or something. Um, or they thought that guys like Ross Blacklock or James Lynch would have some juice. These guys got absolutely cooked. And a lot of the big run plays happened when they didn't even have all the starters out. So it's some of that stuff that's not sustainable and some of it that like is just kind of an on-purpose concession for the sake of the rest of everything. I think that's the real like key to this game. Um, but maybe we could talk next about like the individual matchups and then later in the show, we'll get all of our predictions and stuff out of the way. So that's what's coming up next. Hey, but we got to tell you about Nugenics. You know, Luke and I were talking before the show about Nugenics. And uh, if you're getting older, that means your body is changing. Maybe getting a bit of a 
dad bod like uh, yours truly here, feeling a little <laughs> less like your old self. Well, you know, you don't have time to work out, but you wanted the energy and body you once had. That's why you got to discover Nugenics, and you'll feel revived, working out like you used to. It's not your fault. Men age, body changes, all these things. You want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Try Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen. It will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen. It's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Nugenics Total T, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, can really help re-energize your life, help you get back to that powerful, confident, good-looking warrior, Luke, that you used to be. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text NFL to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast and absolutely free. Text NFL to 231231. That's texting NFL to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Apply available at eugenics.com slash terms. Keeping it going here with this crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Vikings and Locked on Lions. Talk about some individual people here. I really, so Aiden Hutchinson didn't practice, but I was really looking forward to the Aiden Hutchinson versus DJ Wanham Bowl of who can generate the most cleanup and unearned sacks. <laughs> um, I hate him coming out. I, well, <laughs> I think I think Aiden Hutchinson's going to be fine. He had a Charlie horse uh, in the game Sunday. He was kind of walking gingerly after the game. They asked him about it, and he said, I'm fine. Doesn't, doesn't practice on Wednesday. They're calling it a thigh injury. He's going to be out there. Uh, I, I think he's going to be really, really pumped up uh, to try to get at Kirk Cousins. Remember, Aiden Hutchinson's a Wolverine. Her cousins is a Spartan. I think there's uh, Aiden Hutchinson's going to find a way to try to get back there. It's a sitting target. He spent uh, week one chasing Jalen Hurts. Last week licked his chops to go up against Carson Wentz, and Wentz ran into a couple of sacks. But H Hutchinson really played well. First road game, big test for the Lions to sort of show their fan base. Hey, can we go on the road in the division and win? Remember last year they were 0-8 and one on the road. So I, I think he'll play, and I think that will be uh, something to watch for sure. Um, you know, that matchup, and I think they'll move him around. I think there's some you're gonna see Hutchinson against Wanham, I think question. you're gonna see him on the other side, and I think well, you'll Wanham's see him on the inside too. Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, he's our own, like, kind of only quickster guy. Because everything I see, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here with Hutchinson, but everything I see is when he's like just trying to go, like, he doesn't have a bull rush, he doesn't have a go through you, push you off the ball kind of move. He's got this like lightning quick swim, and he's got like a lot of kind of quickness, but he's sort of only twitch and if you get your hand and like we've got big guys like Cleve, Ezra Cleveland and Christian Darasaw have heavy punches there's a lot of just knock you four yards back and suddenly you're on your knees somehow kind of clips from those guys but I don't know get him on Bradbury who might set up a little bit build his house a little bit slower and maybe you have something I don't know I think you tell me you know the other night I found that the Vikings you know, the, the Lions tried to get the football out fast against Brandon Graham and the Eagles, and that that worked. The other night, Kirk Cousins getting the shotgun snap, seven, seven five, yeah, no like, extra protection. Are they going to try to get the empty. ball out? Are they are they going to be that concerned about Hutchinson, Charles Harris, and the Lions? Uh, you know, pretty decent pass rush. Are they going to get the ball out a little quicker this week, or what? I don't know. They did not run a ton of quick game. 
against the Eagles. Yeah, and I, that was probably a mistake because the Eagles sort of realized that and they just started blitzing. <laughs> it wasn't even exotic blitzes or like creative pressures. It was like, let's just send seven and see what happens. Oh, he almost threw a pick. Uh, let's do that again. Oh, he threw a pick. Like that sequence basically like word for word happened. So I don't know what Kevin O'Connell is going to do. It seems like he's going to come out with pretty drastically different game plans for each team. Um, and he came out with a really specified game plan for what he thought he was going to saw from Philadelphia. Was he, he thought he was going to see from Philadelphia and he just didn't see that. And he just kind of didn't have another pitch to go to. And he even admitted that he was like, yeah, I didn't do enough. I didn't have it right. We didn't get looks. We thought we were going to get and sort of ruined everything. Um, so play calling wise, I still don't have a great grasp of what you're going to see, yeah. but the goal is going to be to get the ball to Justin Jefferson and to funnel everything through him. Like everybody else is a support role and Justin Jefferson is the focal point. If you take Justin Jefferson away, they're going to kind of make it. So, and just because he's Justin Jefferson, you have to spend a lot of defensive resources to do it. You have to always have a safety over top. You have to lighten out the box to do it. You have to do a lot of stuff to guarantee no one-on-ones with Justin Jefferson and someone that's not good enough to cover him. And I don't, I don't mean corners. I mean, linebackers. Um, but to pay that off, you know, Philly just said, okay, well, we'll cap you then. Or a lot of times it was, we'll man to man with a safety over the top and we'll do that. And we'll live in cover two man all day. Um, and the Vikings just did not have anything else go right. Like guys weren't getting enough separation and a lot of it was just Kirk Cousins not finding it and not being able to respond to the blitz and then just sort of dissolving as, as the night wore on. Well, and that's where I'm interested in watching Sunday because Aaron Glenn sends the house. He loves to blitz. Last oh, year good. it was real vanilla defense. It was just our roster stinks. Let's just let's do let's do nice and easy and, and straight, just straight vanilla, nothing. And this year all of a sudden it's oh I man, they were coming after Jalen Hurts. They were coming after Wentz. My concern is if they don't get home and it's Jefferson one-on-one against Okuda or Rewarie and, and Jeff's been better. Amani Oruwari was hurt a week ago. If Oruwarie is banged up and the back still isn't there and they can somehow get Jefferson on a guy like Will Harris and it's single coverage and they pick up the blitz, big trouble. That's that's something to watch for yeah. sure. I, and I wonder what the plan will be. Will it be pick up the blitz? Let's keep a lot of, you know, let's do seven man, eight man protections, pick up your blitz and just see if we can't get Justin Jefferson isolated on the backside of the play and test him down the field. Jefferson versus Okuda. Let's take it and test it. And, you know, mano y mano, let the game come down to our best player, you know? Yeah. Um, or that's what I do would they do. say, you're Minnesota. I, I think that's what I would do too. Or do they say five man protection? Let's go empty. Let's go air raid, spread everything way out. And if you want to blitz, it's vacating a part of the field and we have to trust Kirk cousins to get the ball out, which he usually <laughs> is really quick to get the ball out. But last week he wasn't. So I don't know how much I trust that anymore. Or do they say, all right, last week was messed up. We talked about it. We've, we've got the problem fixed and let's go right back at the same thing. I, I think no. that might be what, what come this comes down to. But so we, I, I should expect like a lot of blitzing. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Okay. That, that, that's, you're going to, Aaron Glenn is not going to hold back. And after watching Monday night, and I'm sure all the coaches were sitting there with, with a six pack of beer, sitting back and watching, he couldn't handle Philly's blitz. Wait, Aaron Glenn will dial it up. I think he really will. All right. One more question then, because of course the Vikings defense basically backed off and played straight zone the whole time. So my question is how quickly is Jared Goff getting rid of it? Because if I remember, he was a hold the ball kind of guy a lot for a lot of his career. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but um, 
is I mean, is he getting rid of he's is he seeing the field? Is he reading yeah. things and zipping these? He is. He he's seeing the field. I, I I think that last year it was dink and dunk, and it was a lot of just check down Charlie City here, Brad Johnson style. I think now um they're taking a few more shots downfield. But no, golf's not holding the ball too long. I think they're trying to get it out pretty quickly. But the, the routes they're running, uh, St. Brown and his speed, um, they haven't really involved Chark yet. They had one big they had a touchdown catch in the Philly game. I think they'll, you'll see something with him down the field a little bit. But um, no, they want to get they don't want him holding the ball too long, <laughs> and especially against Daniel Hunter, who seems to right. eat the Lions alive no matter who is on that offensive line. But it, that's one of the best lines in the league, right? Or is that just a run blocking thing? Oh, no, I think the line's been good. Again, let's see if Frank Ragnow plays. Let's see if Jonah Jackson plays. Ragnow is not 100% and and kind of just lightly practiced Wednesday. Jackson's got this finger injury. He might not play. If they don't have all of their bullets in the chamber, that may change things a little bit because I think they're seeing a better front this week than they saw last week against Washington, which didn't have Chase Young and didn't have their second-round pick, uh, the D-tackle. So um, it'll be interesting to see how, how that works out. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see because this has not been a physical defense. This has been a very back it off, keep it in front of you, a very finesse defense so far. Kind of a run up and hit you defense. You got safeties flying in and lighten you up a little bit, but it hasn't been a you know push at the point of attack kind of let's just be more physical and and dominate you strength wise kind of defense. Um, and it feels like that's what you have to be to beat the Lions. And I, I mean, a lot of people are like, don't take the Lions for granted. <laughs> I've, I've been the person roasting the lions the most probably for the last two years, especially on lockdown <laughs> NFL because they have deserved it. But this seems like a real team that's it worth does. taking seriously. It um, does. So I guess we'll have to predict what happens here. Last I checked the bet online line for this game was uh, Vikings by six and a half. So three and a half points better on a neutral field plus home field advantage. Um, I don't know. Do you agree with that? Um. I do. I, I, I'm surprised. You know, it was started off at seven and a half. I saw it. At it's one, moved at, down. At, at People one, have been betting the Lions after Monday at night. At one point, it was down to five and a half, six, six and a half. Um, this doesn't surprise me. I think the Lions have actually been a pretty good bet. Uh, even last year, they covered a bunch of games. So they were. That number doesn't surprise really me. Good. I think it'll be. I think it'll be smaller as the week goes on. If they announce Ragnow and Jackson missing the game, the the, the spread the other day went went way down. Uh, the Lions were favored by a couple, and then it was a pick by 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 game time. So uh, we'll see. I, I think it's – what do you think? I think it's about right. I think – maybe I'm being a homer. I think that's – or uh, no, I'm being a hater. I think that's a little much. Um, <laughs> I Basically, all the goodwill they had from week one evaporated by about halftime on Monday night, and now yeah. they're a team with everything to prove. So I And I think the Lions have everything to prove. Can you go on the road? Can you beat – you know, you had – the, the commanders are are not good, but hanging with the Eagles did better than we did against the Eagles. You were at home yep. and we weren't. So maybe that's something, but um, I feel like it'll be a little closer than that off of my instinct, but my instinct also sucks. And if you think you can do better then bet it at betonline.net, it's your one-stop shop for all things betting on sports. You can bet on, of course, this game. You can bet on any game all year. You can just go like fast forward to week nine and bet a game if you felt so inclined. You can also do wacky player props over unders for players like Amon Ross St. Brown or Justin Jefferson. Um, you can build crazy parlays. I know everybody loves to do that. 
Uh, you can even bet right in the middle of the game. If one team's out to a two-score lead and you sense that this is the kind of game where somebody is going to collapse, which, I don't know, feels like both teams have that in them, uh, you could bet that and right in the middle of the game. You can bet like live spreads as they move, as teams get leads. You can find all of that and much, much more at betonline.net where the game starts. So we kind of got into it a little bit, but we can kind of go into some predictions here. The The, the score prediction is one thing. We can do that because I know people want to do that. But I, I want something a little more salient here. Give me a prediction for A, who's going to win, and B, what's the main story Monday morning that we're all talking about for why that team won? Yeah, I'll go first. I, you know, I, I think, Luke, um, I think the Lions are going to play well. I do. I don't know if they're going to win. I'm going to I'm going to say Minnesota bounces back at home and the Lions still kind of are searching for that signature road win. I don't know if they're going to get it this week. I think they'll cover. I think this is going to be about a 27, 24. I, 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 I've had that score three weeks in a row. I really have. <laughs> uh, I picked the Lions to win last week. I thought they would beat the commanders. I'm not a Carson Wentz fan and I knew they'd bounce back and they led 22 at, yeah. at the half. <laughs> right. Um, but I think the Vikings, it, it might be similar to last year, maybe a, a late field goal and, uh, you know, kind of a three point Minnesota win. I don't think cousins will play as poorly as he did last week. Uh, I don't know why you guys didn't run Dalvin cook more, uh, Swift <laughs> had all that, you know, uh, success against the Eagles, but that's neither. Here and nor he didn't right. practice either. Right. Right. So Swift, no, but he'll, yeah. he'll be fine. Uh, he'll be fine. He'll play. Yes. Okay. He'll play. Um, but I think we're going to be talking about Monday. I think some fans will say, oh, my gosh, this team's getting better, and they didn't get blown out, and they were right there. And others will say, oh, same old Lions, they can't finish. You know? Um, but I think that they'll be in it, and I think that they'll they'll play well. But I think Minnesota, I think Jefferson will be too much. Um, I think that if, you get, if you guys get the ball to Smith, I think there's some matchup issues there for the Lions linebackers. So uh, that's mm. that's what I'm going with. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I just published a really long diatribe about um, like a big, long film breakdown about Irv Smith and kind of caping for him because he had that big drop. But I thought he did a lot of other good things in that game and sort of a, a defensive of his night as a whole. And I think he can be a really big part of this game plan. Yes. Um, so just checked it. It is currently at, at as of this recording at Bet Online minus six over under fifty two and a half. So that implies something like a 30 to 23, 29-23 Viking victory. I think being home matters a lot. And I think the narrative of this game for the Vikings is, is going to be either, if they win, it's going to be, look at how they bounced back. Look at the resilience. Their culture is fixed. Now it's not a spiral. And if they don't, it's going to be, oh no, is the culture still broken? Because that's kind of the, the narrative right now is, okay, you just got punched in the mouth for the first time. So all this kumbaya and all this collaboration stuff that the Vikings have been peddling all off season. Now it gets put to the test. Can you stop something bad on the field from becoming, you know, inner turmoil and stop it from arguing? Can you still work together, learn together? All the players are swearing by it and they say, Hey, yeah, we're, we, we love it. We just didn't, we just lost and it sucks, but we're not getting yelled at, you know, where it's not contentious. We're all just getting better. And we're just, trying to learn here from this and we can all get together and work together to do that. And it's great. And so does that translate to the field or do they need to get yelled at a little bit? That's going to be what it is. My instinct, I guess, um, tells me, it tells me that this is going to be a, a harder lions game than lions at home has been in the last five or six years. Oh, for sure. That game, 
that game can be has been a freebie a couple of times and certainly not this time. Um, and I don't think I think that spreads a little thick, but I still think the Vikings win. So I'm going to go with something like a I'll go. 27, 26. I'm going to say a close game. Yeah, um, I can see it. I could see it being a lot more high scoring than that, although that does cover the spread. So that is the me calling the over. Um, and I, I think this is one that kind of comes down to who can find the best little wrinkle, who can find the, the best rip in the seams of the, the opposing defense, because both of these defenses have shown cracks in the armor. Oh, yeah. Um, and who can, whoever can find and exploit it the most consistently is going to be the team that can really take this one home. And it also feels like the game that isn't over in the third quarter when one team's up two scores, you know? Yeah. Um, so I could see this kind of coming down to the wire. I could see this having, you know, it's crazy fourth quarter. But I do think that ultimately the Vikings just have a, a, enough talent by a big enough margin to take this one home at home. But hey, when we meet again at Ford Field, I, my tune might be different, but we'll know a lot <laughs> about the Vikings by then and the Lions. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Lions defense has uh, definitely had its issues already. Uh, I think it's better, but there are still still some holes there. And um, we'll see if they can respond and cover Jefferson. I'm telling you, Smith against the Lions linebackers could be trouble. But uh, Luke, always a pleasure, my man. Great to uh, Great to chat. Yeah, always love chatting with you. Thanks for coming on the uh, Minnesota football party as well. Y'all can the other day was fun. Good to, good to see Locked On alumnus Sam Ekstrom as well. Yeah, oh the OG Locked On Vikings host. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, good times. And we'll uh, see you. When is the next game? The the other Viking Lion game. Oh my gosh! I you know I had a, I grabbed a pocket schedule the other day. I was in a store and they had Lions pocket schedules. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head when the, uh, these two teams play again, but December 11th. So we'll see always a pleasure to uh, hang with you, Luke. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Matt, everybody on locked on Vikings. You can go check out locked on lions, see what they're saying about us and uh, locked on lions listeners. You're more than welcome to come over, scout the enemy over here. Um, Fridays get weird on this show, so you should, you should enjoy it. <laughs> so we will see you all. Uh, tomorrow on our respective shows. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Crossover Thursday, brought to you by prizepicks.com. Daily fantasy made easy. Just pick your uh, two to five players. If they get more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money. And uh, first time signups get 100% match up to 100 bucks by entering promo code Locked On at prizepicks.com or by downloading the app. That's promo code Locked On at prizepicks.com. See y'all tomorrow.